Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Mike Danger. There's a segment of Bills Mafia right now that has already pressed the panic button. And there's another segment, and I'm in this segment, that I believe that the Bills just are this. That they are not a team that's going to be the dominant team that we've seen from time to time. I think they're a 10-win team. Gene Battaglia. I think this is not a good job by McDermott coaching. If I hear complimentary football one more time. Complimentary football. You only talk about complimentary football when you're going up against a superior opponent. I'm picking them to lose this week. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! They're a really good football team. The worst case scenario for Rob Manford for Major League Baseball if you had a Texas-Arizona World Series. And the 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series. There is a James Harden update as the Sixers get set to open their season. Sabres 6, Senators 4. And they're going to drop the gloves to Chuck and Alex Tuck. Amherst Hockey. Matt Savoy getting his first game as the Amherst take on Charlotte. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Back in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia. Going to talk plenty of Bills and Bucks. Bruce Nolan, the Bruce exclusive Buffalo Rumblings, going to join us here later on this hour. We'll talk some Buffalo Bills with Bruce Almighty. And, well, Scott Reynolds from uh, the Pewter Report scheduled to join us here as well. Yeah, well, we're waiting for Scott here. Uh, the, the news from the update there that Brock Purdy in the concussion protocol. Any, uh, any second guesses now from Niner fans about saying, okay, Trey Lance, there's not room for you here? Because honestly... If Sam Darnold. I mean, I, who knows what he is, but what he is is probably still better than what you had in Trey Lance. Trey Lance was broken in that organization. And Kyle Shanahan just, you know, in pure Shanahan fashion, just breaking quarterbacks. Just breaking them. Mentally breaking them. It, it's funny how, like, you know, they, they weren't concerned last year and they just figured they went with Purdy, but... All right, it's Wednesday. He could still be cleared here. I really didn't know he was hurt at following Monday night. Uh, yeah, and, and was there word of whether or not that happened in the game or whether or not it happened in practice? I, I think there's probably uh, some questions there in terms of whether or not we see him uh, coming up this weekend against the Bengals. It's a pretty compelling matchup there uh, between those two teams. Um, um, <laughs> live radio. What happened? Uh, 
Gene, I'm actually double booked. My mistake. Oh, I'm doing boo. a radio hit right now. Boo. I'm free in 15 minutes or later. Oh boy, that's All tough. Right. Well, uh, that's eh, tough. maybe later in the hour. Well, we'll try to get yeah. Scott Reynolds later in the hour. Hey, there was something else last night that went down uh, that we haven't talked about yet, and that was uh, the, their frozen frenzy. There, the NHL frozen frenzy. Let's let's combat the NBA's opening night on TNT by doing a frozen frenzy on ESPN and get all 32 NHL teams in action in one night and just do a complete whip around from game to game to game NFL red zone style on ESPN too. How did this idea not come about sooner? Honestly, like, hey, we're going to make this hockey night in America or it's rivalry night here on what was the old network? The NBC one. I don't even remember. What was that? The old sports NBC sports. Like, remember that? Oh, right. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I I did not full disclosure. Check it out last night because I watched the Sabre game in its entirety. And then I flipped over. And, you know, since I don't get uh, TBS on my package now with football, I was watching the Spanish broadcast of Ah. the Phillies and Diamondbacks. I was wondering about that. You know, if you watch the Spanish broadcast, do you feel like uh, like afterwards you can actually like start to pick up the language? You know, you're a product of your environment. If I went to Spain and lived with my relatives there for six months, I think I would probably become fluent in Spanish. Six months, yes. One night of watching it on the MLB Network, no. Not enough? No. What about an entire series? Did you watch the entire series? Um, I... Uh, you know, I, I know that this was like a pre-produced, pre-manufactured event, but um, it was fun. It was a fun thing to kind of watch, and I think Bucci and Weeksy do a, they're, they're, they play off each other well, and they have some fun. And you got PK Subban later in the evening serving up chicken parm to the boys. I I checked away when they had to do the mandatory check-in with Commissioner Gary Bettman. Guys, it looks like you're having fun. This is a great event for the NHL. Gary Bettman becomes Roz from Monsters, Inc. somehow. But, it you know, like, yeah, okay, you're the NHL, and this is an event. Anything you could do, and, and this is ESPN, I think, really doing a solid by the NHL and investing in the product, you know, giving time to the, the product that they're invested in. This would never, ever have even been a consideration for any of the other networks. ESPN has the bandwidth to do it, and they pulled it off, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it. Uh, every 15 minutes, there was a puck drop, and you're kind of going around, and uh, I could do without uh, Gary Bettman kind of showing up there. But does the NBA take exception to that? Do they care? Does ESPN they should. Care? Yeah, does ESPN care at this point? No, probably no, not. No. Uh, they will be fine. So that that was fun. And by the way, you, you watch the Sabers. I, uh, I I checked out some of the Sabers as well. They get the win, although uh, uh, towards the end there, were you getting a little bit nervous? Or are you like, oh god, they're gonna blow? Are this. you kidding me? Can you hear me screaming from Spencer Port last <laughs> night? You got to be kidding me! Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, we're up five one. Crack your knuckles, everybody. Take a stretch, and then Ottawa kind of got cheap there at the end, and and sure that resulted in some different. Players being on the ice and some opportunities and UPL wasn't sharp down the stretch and you barely hung on six four. I do like that um, that the Sabers were capitalizing on their opportunities the night before Monday night in Montreal. They were getting plenty of chances. I mean, they were getting a lot of a lot of pucks to the net, just not able to close a door, not able to to put those pucks in the net. And and you saw some of that against Ottawa. They were getting some of those breaks and. Um, 
good things happen when you get the pucks to the net. So they're doing a lot of that, and I think the goals are going to continue to come for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, what, did they the have th- three deflections last night in front? It's not complicated. Get somebody in the net, and at least you're screening or you're getting rebounds, or in this case, getting I, – I still – it amazes me. Like, you have a puck going at, what, 90 miles an hour, at and least. you're going to be able to see it and then know how to tap it and hit it at the right point like you're a baseball player to put it by a goaltender, mm. it, the skill is amazing. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Hardest thing in all of professional sports still has to be hitting a baseball, though, right? Mm. Well, if I had 100 tries at hitting a major league fastball, I don't think I'm making contact once. I don't think so. I like when I go on vacation, my son, we go up to the, the batting cages and I'm, I'm like most dads, right? I'm the dad guy. And like, I'm trying to hit off a 70. All right. And I'm, like, I maybe make contact on a couple, not really good contact, but I'm not talking like night. They're coming in very straight and I know exactly when it's coming. Yeah, too, right. And no, I still can't really no movement. Hit it. No, no movement. It's like, right. And if you don't believe me, just treat yourself one time when the Red Wings come around and get a ticket download just to see what that looks like. Oh no, it's how filthy! Fast. Yeah. yeah, it's fast. It's filthy. I uh, I have a, an aversion to batting cages. When I was a kid, my uncle took me to a batting cage once, and stupid me, I wasn't thinking. I'm lucky that I didn't get hit. Oh my god, hard. I got what hit. I got oh. hit. I, but I wasn't paying attention. I put my arm down and I took a, a, a fastball to the arm, and the thing just immediately swelled up and bruised up, and I was just like miserable over this. Like, I can't believe I went to the batting cage and I got hit and it it hurt. And again, like baseball players, maybe don't get, we don't, we don't talk about the toughness of a baseball player, but you take some of those shots that they take off your foot, off your arm, off your elbow. Mm -mm, No, thank you. You're a shortstop and you have an athlete running at you full speed, trying to take you out and you've got to make the turn on a double play. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're tough. Um, well, that, that was, uh, that was last night. You had the frozen frenzy. You had the diamondbacks advancing to the world series, which we just spent some time talking about. So it'll be, uh, the Rangers and the diamondbacks Friday night. That all gets underway in Arlington. And you're not going to go to Arizona to fly in and, you know, watch Why not? this. No, you're not spending that money. Why not? You're not. I could go be our uh, sports bar correspondent at the world series. I have friends down there. I can make a connection or two. Maybe. Name name three Texas Rangers, Mike Daniels. Okay, Adolis Garcia, uh, Max Scherzer, mm-hmm. and um, Seeger. Mm-hmm. All right, well, the judges will say yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the guy that's injured. How do you feel if like, you're Jacob deGrom? I don't know if Jacob deGrom has any feelings. He was in, in Met for a long, long time. His soul, soul is, is probably, his soul is dead. Um, while we have some time here, before we get to Bruce Nolan, uh, the Bills injury report, final injury report out. Uh, we know that there will be three players officially out for tomorrow night against Tampa Bay. Two of them are tight ends. So th- this is interesting. Both Dawson Knox, we knew. And Quentin Morris won't be playing as well. So you have Dalton Kincaid now as the lone tight end on the 53-man roster. And really all you have behind him now is a practice squad player, undrafted rookie out of Central Michigan, a guy named Joel Wilson. Princeton can use a guy like Joel. What? Huh? You don't get that line? What? Risky business. Chicago movie. I thought you was on. Risky business. Oh, no. maybe a couple years <laughs> Joel, before my time. Like, 
Joel will be, uh, we'll see. We'll see if he gets the elevation there from the practice squad because I, I doubt that they're going to roll into tomorrow night's game with one tight end. Well, that's why you had to maybe all of a sudden restructure contracts. Everybody last week, or, or not last week, it was just a few days ago. Oh, Deion Dawkins, this must mean bringing your hands. Yes, bring me DeAndre Hopkins. Bring me. Yeah. No, you're getting Joel Wilson. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I suppose they could you know, use uh, Reggie Gilliam in that kind of like role. He's played in that role before, but mm, we'll see. Uh, the Bucks, by the way, Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin uh, has been on the injury report, but he appears to be good to go uh, for tomorrow night. He was limited um, with a neck injury. And Vita Vea will be a game-time decision for Tampa. No Vita Vea would be a huge plus for the Bills' run game. That guy's just a big mound in the middle of that defensive line for the Buccaneers. And they'll also be down their left guard, Matt Feeler. Uh, he won't be playing due to a knee injury. What did you think of this story, uh, Danger, uh, coming up? <laughs> it's always a good thing. Like Somebody should take away Jim Irsay's phone after hours, right? Like, all of a sudden, a tweet coming out from the Colts owner at night. All right, what, what are we doing at night, Co- uh, Mr. Ursay? What? He, he, he took to X on Tuesday night, just kind of confirming one thing that we already knew, that, okay, your quarterback had surgery, and he's going to be okay. He'll be back next year, whatever. And then he also said that the NFL admitted to two mistakes at the end of the Colts-Browns game. Now, I think we all can kind of agree that the officiating was not sharp in that game, but what the NFL really doesn't like, they don't want their owners kind of undermining the authority of the officials here. So do we see a fine here or something else coming for the way of Jim Mercer? Or do you want just Jim Mercer just commenting on everything? Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to get fined, but you know, he also brought up a point that, that you could have replay uh, for every play inside of two minutes. I mean, you have replay on every play in every game. You should get these calls right. Now, if you're talking about penalties, you know, so much of that is subjective, right? What 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 is a hold to we, one crew? We, we might cannot be. have pass interference. That right. didn't work out right. a couple years ago, did it, when right. we went to that? But, I mean, you've, you've got replay down to a science now. I mean, like, they're getting calls. The refs are getting calls from New York before the, the next play, usually, if they screw up a call. Usually. So for the most part, I think they're getting right. And when Ursay makes those comments, you know, I, I immediately start thinking about what does this mean for the world of sports gambling? You have to be transparent. You have to be on top of your game. You have to mind your P's and Q's and you have to get those calls right. You just have to. Um, so yeah, I think he's probably getting a fine. I, Ursay, I like it when Ursay goes on X. It's always entertaining. He's on a bender and he just wants to go out and, and start, you know, running his mouth. He loves doing that. What was the one? Uh, oh, yeah, it was last year. It was after they they brought in uh, Saturday, Jeff Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Love to see it. Love, Love to, to see, see it. Kai, he's unbelievable. Well, he was also the one and only guy that broke ranks on Snyder. Like, wait a second. Why aren't the NFL owners doing what they can here to get rid of this guy? And, well, truth is, there's probably a lot of legal stuff behind the scenes that they couldn't, so everybody had to sit tight. It didn't matter Jim Irsay. He was the one and only owner out there saying, hey, what are we doing here? So uh, while I appreciate his candor, actually, while I think about it, probably we need more Jim Irsay owners right in the NFL. Well, the, yeah, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm just no, saying, you know, he, but, he's entertaining when he goes online. Um, 
Hey, I don't know if you saw this, Gino. This is a guy that we were talking about a lot last week, and he's been released by his team. That's Malik Cunningham. What's the story here? Like, he just signed a three-year deal. It wasn't for a lot of money. But we were talking about this this time last week. Hey, what would be the scenarios uh, for the Bills to lose in New England? Bills beat the Bills. Okay, what's happening, right? Or could we actually have a different quarterback there doing different quarterback things that we weren't prepared for? Malik Cunningham. Why don't they use Malik Cunningham? They just signed him. So what is the story? I know the Patriots like to lock down on things here, but feels like there's a story here. Well, uh, He's been placed on waivers, and I guess the hope is that he will end up being on their practice squad once he clears waivers. Um, That leaves them at quarterback with Bailey Zappi and Will Greer as the backups to Mac Jones. I'm not really sure what the story on Cunningham is. I I know how impressive he was in the preseason. That's that's what that is. But, uh, yeah, he got released today along with uh, veteran defensive end Trey Flowers, uh, he was released rather than activated from the physically unable to perform list. So the Patriots making a, a couple of roster moves there and uh, moving a few players down to waivers. Interesting. Uh, if you miss PJ Glasser, he's always fantastic on Wednesdays, usually at 325, joined us, he, you know, giving us his best plays of the week. And I did not expect one of his best plays would actually be a rookie quarterback making his debut in Will Levis. Like, what did you see in August that made you thought, oh, he's the guy? All right, well, the Will Levis show will begin in Tennessee because Ryan Tannehill isn't good to go. Um, look, I far be for me to disagree with P.J. Glasser, but I, yeah, P.J. would know more than I would, but that, that would certainly be something if uh, all of a sudden the Titans found themselves a quarterback. Yeah, and look, there's been no official word that Levis has all of a sudden surpassed uh, Malik Willis on the depth chart. You might see both of them actually behind center this week in varying points of that game offensively for the Titans with no Tannehill. So Will Levis likely making his NFL debut against the Falcons on Sunday. And yeah, PJ, PJ likes that one. PJ likes Tennessee in that one. The Falcons, they get the win, but man, it's not it's not pretty. They haven't been winning pretty. It is that Arthur mm-hmm. Smith, like I'm content just handing the ball off constantly. I'm, you know, the the fact that they survived all of those red zone turnovers by Desmond Ritter and still got the win, pretty good. Um, But uh, Tennessee, PJ's pick. If you missed that, we'll get that up and on demand for you here shortly. You can always go back inside the Odyssey app and use Rewind. Go back and uh, listen to any part of the show that you may have missed for the next 24 hours. Okay, next in the sports bar. Uh, We're going to welcome in for the first time, Bruce Nolan, the Bruce exclusive, buffalorumblings.com. We always see his stuff on uh, on Twitter, on X, and um, always thought, you know, this guy's got some some pretty good takes, sharp. Let's see, uh, let's let's have him into the sports. Yeah, let's let's talk some. All right, yeah, like we're going to let him run wild here (laughs) because obviously, uh, you know, there's bills takes a plenty here, and how do you fix it? I think that's what Bills fans want to know here. Yeah, so we'll get into that with uh, Bruce Nolan next here in the Sports Bar. It's Danger and Bataglia 
on the Fan Rochester full slate of NBA action tonight. Jump in to the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It is me, Mike Danger, for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. That way, you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $200 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Mike and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. 21 plus and physically present in New York. New customer offer. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is not withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. All customer offer. $5 NBA wager required. Limit one pass per customer across both offers. Restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See full terms for both offers at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. For help with a gambling problem, call one 877 hope ny or text hope ny 467-369. NBA League Pass. Local blackout restrictions apply. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Hockey night tonight in the Flower City as the Amherst hosting the Charlotte Checkers down at a conditioning assignment from Buffalo. Matthew Savoy. Savoy, he wants to get after it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I mean, it's uh, it's been a while since my last game, and, and even that, that was uh, you know the prospects game, so this is kind of my first game of this season, and, um, and I'm excited. It's, it's been a while, so uh, I'm just ready to get going here. Don Stevens has the call tonight, beginning at 7 here on The Fan. To the Buffalo Bills, Ed Oliver, questionable for tomorrow. Outer Quentin Morris and Balin Spector, as well as Dawson Knox. Our pregame coverage tomorrow begins at 4 o'clock here on The Fan Rochester. We'll talk some Buffalo Bills football coming up next. Bruce Nolan will be our guest. 
One note in the NFL 49er, quarterback Brock Purdy, he is in the concussion protocol. Gene Bataglin, the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, the fan Rochester. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. I am, and we're looking forward to this. I mean, it is a short week, and it makes it awfully hard, in particular on, on the players, um, you know, to make it a quick turnaround. But we're looking at this as a, as a great opportunity. We really are. Um, great excitement in, in western New York. Uh, the, the weather, as you mentioned, is outstanding. It's been outstanding this week and um, nowhere better than right here as, as Coach Levy said right now so let's let's, uh, let's get it going this Thursday night He's Buffalo Bills head coach excited for the opportunity Thursday night football tomorrow night and, and we welcome in our next guest it's Bruce Nolan from Buffalo Rumblings the Bruce exclusive podcast we do a thing Bruce called blame assessment Monday when the Bills put up a stinker like they did on on Sunday in Foxborough and one of our regulars Rick reached out to us and said you know what you really need to have Bruce on to teach us about the plurality pie Bruce welcome into the sports bar your inaugural visit please tell us about the plurality pie so plurality pie originated out of the idea that there is never one answer for a win or a loss. As much as we'd like to make it believe and make ourselves believe that there is one particular answer, there's usually multiple factors, and it usually arises out of the idea that we think wins and losses are a quarterback stat, which is an idea that I have railed against for many, many years. But plurality pie is essentially a divvied-up version of Blame Assessment Monday, where I can, after a win or a loss, I can cut pieces of a pie and say, well, this person, I think, had this amount of impact. This person had this amount of impact. And when you do that, regardless of whether you get particular with the percentages or not, it reinforces as a weekly thought exercise the idea that there's an ultimate team sport involved when you're talking about football. And that we really need to get out of the mindset of saying, well, if it wasn't for this one thing, the game would have ended different because there are, you know, over 100 plays in every single football game, each one of which, if gone differently, could have impacted the outcome. And so plurality pie is based around that idea. Well, I, I guess we can kind of go back over the Jags loss if we want to or the Narrow Giants win or what happened last week. I think fans want to know, Bruce, how do you fix this moving forward? And if we're going to go with uh, the biggest part of the pie here, in my opinion, I, I'm I'm going to start here with McDermott. And, and my question is this here. Has, you know, going even back to week one, has he overcorrected to the point when he talks about complementary football? Has he actually neutered this offense that he's so concerned about turnovers and whatnot or whatever failings he may see in his own defense here that he's actually preventing, in a way, the offense from doing what they need to do here, and that's attack downfield? I think neutered is too strong of a term, but I think that there are pretty notable differences when you dive into specifically play-calling tendencies and things like the Bills are behind pace when it comes to neutral pass rate, which is how often you pass the ball in circumstances where the game script is not out of hand. You are not winning by a lot or losing by a lot late in games, which has a tendency to skew it. What you're trying to do when you identify neutral pass rate is you're trying to identify what is the plan when the plan isn't being acted upon by some sort of outside force as far as game script goes. And the Bills are behind in neutral pass rate this year, depending on where they have been. And when you dive in further in play-calling tendencies, when you talk about pass rate over expectation, specifically, it's second and short. 
And second and short is a scenario where the old adage is actually one of those things where a lot of these times these myths, like, well, you got to run the ball and stop the run, and defense wins championships. A lot of these things don't actually end up being true. But one of the old adages, which is the best time to take a shot play is second and short, that one actually does hold up. And what you've seen from the Buffalo Bills this year is they've been much more willing to just run the ball, try and get the first down on second and short than previous years where they were taking shots down the field. They were trying to get those big plays. And so that's one of the biggest things that has been a shift in mentality. So while I'm not willing to go as far as to say neutering, I think we have a significant sample size enough to know that there has been at least a semi-mind shift that I would very much like to see corrected when it comes to offensive play calling tendencies. Yeah, and Bruce, we know you're tight with Nate Gary. He's one of our favorites here in the sports bar as well. He did a great job pointing out just the lack of creativity there on second and and five or less and and the Bills getting first downs but not taking those those deep downfield shots. We've also spent a lot of time just kind of wondering like what's going on inside the mind of Josh Allen and maybe to an extent Ken Dorsey as well um, when you you know that there was an emphasis on self-pressure Preservation for Josh Allen. We want to make sure that that he has a long career as a franchise quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, and he can't keep taking these hits, these unnecessary hits when he's escaping the pocket, when he's when he's got a designed run play. It feels as if that's that's slowed his game down a little bit. And there have been times where he can clearly run downfield. He's not taking those shots. He's not. He's not. You know. He, in the in the. I guess in the in, for self preservation purposes. His game feels like it's suffered. Are you seeing the same thing? I am. I think that if you look at just as simple of a stat as carries per game, it's almost half of what you have historically expected from Josh Allen. And part of me makes it wonder if you I know that the design run thing is, is certainly a concerted effort on behalf of Ken Dor- Dorsey and Sean McDermott, but the scrambling is different. And, If you think about week one, if you go all the way back to week one, and we saw a very wild version of Josh Allen, but not necessarily a good wild version because of the turnovers and the refusal to take the profits when they were there in the past game. And you wonder after how badly that went and how he reacted at the podium post week one, you wonder if he's overcorrected a little bit. He talked a lot this week about low positive mindset, trying to stay a little bit calm. And you do wonder if he's overcorrected. So part of this, from a design run standpoint, I think is part of the plan. And then the other part of this, it's possible to divide up the, if you were to divide up a plurality pie for this, it'd be impossible to tell how much of this is Josh and how much of this is Sean McDermott because we saw Sean McDermott all week one screaming at Josh Allen, be smart, be smart, when he tried to jump over two people when he was five yards short of the the goal line. Sorry, five yards short of the first down marker. So you know that it's in him, but you wonder if there's been an overcorrection, and you add to that the shoulder injury. So the last two weeks, now we're dealing with the potential shoulder injury. So that changes things. And so when you're trying to divide up the why between play calling, specific design, Josh Allen's mindset, and a shoulder injury, it gets really muddy as far as isolating the specific why, because all three of those things could be at play in differing amounts. Bruce Nolan is our guest. Um, I, there's another piece of the pie that I want to kind of explore with you, and that's actually personnel. And Bruce, uh, it was about this time last week, we were joined by Maggie Gray, who was on WFAN, now CBS Sports Radio in the mornings. And she's actually a great 
person to have on because she's a Bills fan and she has her husband from Rochester. And one of her points last week was that this Bills offense misses the slot receiver, that they haven't had somebody since Beasley and, and McKenzie for a little bit here. Is that an important piece? Should the Bills try to develop you know, a, a Surefield or maybe a Kincaid in this regard? I think it matters. I think it matters a lot because it allows Josh Allen to get to that read earlier because one of the things you've noticed with Josh Allen, he does have a tendency to hang on to his reads early in the progression a little bit longer than potentially he should. And most of the time that's because of pressure. But if you look at 2020 and the way Josh Allen responds to pressure, it's, well, I know exactly where Cole Beasley is going to be. And I'm completely fine taking the profits with Cole Beasley. And if they decide to bring pressure, that's fine. But I have a hot route that can get me eight, nine yards. And we're just going to, we're going to kill you that way if we have to. And I think trying to develop that underneath target, I hope it's Dalton Kincaid to be able to do that is valuable because it allows Josh Allen to know that I don't have to hang on to this Stephon Diggs read. I can go through because I trust what the second read is. I trust what the hot route is. I trust what my pressure look is. I trust what it's going to be versus zone versus what it's going to be versus man because that changes the progression. And so I think having a secondary receiver that Josh Allen feels comfortable with will allow him to not necessarily hang on to those early progressions the way that we would prefer that he not against pressure. I don't think it has to be a slot wide receiver per se. It just has to be somebody. And so for me, I'm looking at Dalton Kincaid as being that guy. I think when you saw the way that the Buffalo Bills reacted when they drafted him and the way they described him, I think that that ability to control the middle of the field, that ability to be that, that release, the ability to be the safety valve. And I don't mean that as far as just chip and outlet. I mean, as far as being that hot route versus pressure and being that zone beater and trusting that he's going to be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. I think it's really, really important. The difference between having one target you trust and two is a, very, very big deal for this offense. Bruce Nolan, the Bruce exclusive. Buffalo Rumblings, our guest in the sports bar. It's Danger and Bataglia on the fan, Rochester. I want to shift to the defensive side of the ball because injuries are well documented. You really get to a sense of just how much Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, and Trey White are missed as the Bills defense just doesn't quite look the same. I want to focus in specifically on the guy that was drafted to potentially be the next Matt Milano and Dorian Williams. And, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on how he's been developed up to this point because it feels like they're yo-yoing him a little bit. He's in there for part of the game and then Tyrell Dodson steps up and boy, I, I don't know. Have you seen anything from Dorian Williams in terms of his play that, that justifies the, the yanking uh, of, you know, and the benching of him for the second half of the Patriots game in favor of Tyrell Dodson? And, and do you think we see more opportunity for Dorian Williams here against Tampa Bay tomorrow night? I think Dorian Williams played to his scouting report so far. And so the people who study Dorian Williams coming out, I think, had some concerns about his ability to play Mike in the NFL, and it had nothing to do with his size. A lot of people had the size narrative kind of on their lips when they said, well, you know, play in the middle. Hey, you know, he's big enough to play in the middle. It's never been about size. It's about processing. And what the Patriots did was they threw a lot of motion. They threw a lot of shifts at Dorian Williams. They put his eyes in the wrong places, and the misdirection got him a couple times. He got got. And I think when you ask Dorian Williams to see ball, get ball, and you ask him specifically to chase, run and chase, 
I think he's an effective linebacker who can make some plays. He plays fast. He plays physical. I think he's good in coverage. But I think when you start to throw a lot of eye candy at that position, I think you have an opportunity as an offense to open up some gaps in the run game and in the quick pass game. And I think that that's what got him against the Patriots. And I think that a lot of those things were alleviated when Tyrell Dodson came in there. And I think it's going to be a part of the learning process. I, I don't think that anyone who watched Dorian Williams coming out of college is surprised by the fact that, okay, maybe maybe his eyes were in the wrong spot a couple times. But when, when he has a runway to go on and he, he pulls the trigger and comes downhill, he plays fast, he plays physical, we're really happy with that. But as far as the process side go, he looks like a rookie. He looked like the person who needed more reps there. And so it's going to be a matter of, matter of uh, appetite and tolerance when it comes to are we willing as a defensive staff to let him be out there and make those mistakes and have an offense take advantage of those things and just say, we're just going to play through it? Or when we start to see some of those things, are we going to pull him off the field for Tyrell Dawson, get him in the film room on Monday and go, okay, now, do you see what they're doing to you here? And try and teach him that way. And so Sean McDermott made a call. I do think that it helped a little bit when Tyrell Dodson came in there from that specific aspect, but it's going to have to be a storyline moving forward when it comes to Dorian Williams' play on the field. Bruce Nolan is our guest bringing it here in the sports bar. Um, so Tuesday, coming up next week, uh, regardless whatever happens uh, coming up tomorrow night, it is the NFL trade deadline. And uh, gosh, I mean, like you go back two weeks, people were saying, hey, you may need a corner or you need a wide receiver. And I would listen to you need a linebacker. So I guess I'll ask you a two part question. I mean, what would you like to see the Buffalo Bills do or Brandon B do uh, next Tuesday or what what should actually be the expectation here, Bruce? Or are they the same here? I think that if the last couple of years have taught us anything, it's that he will be go sniffing around. Brandon B will go sniffing around for any values he can get. Um, I think that when you ask me personally what I'd like to see, I would like to see a linebacker for exactly the reason you said. Um, I think that I was concerned about linebacker when I came into this year, and then Terrell Bernard has played absolutely great, has alleviated a lot of those concerns. You lose Matt Milano in a particularly bad time. I think if you lost Matt Milano late in the year after Dorian Williams had had some development, maybe you feel a little differently about this. But the name that keeps popping up for me is Joseph Jewell from the Denver Broncos. I think the Denver Broncos have been said, hey, we're willing to listen on specifically these players. Um, unfortunately, I don't think Patrick Sertan is one of those players. Hmm. As much as I love Patrick Sertan, I think that it would it would take a, a very meaningful offer to pry him away from the Denver Broncos. But I think that a player like Josie Jewell who can come in, I think, solidify that linebacker spot, I think would help if the Buffalo Bills feel like he would be able to catch on quickly and be able to play in their system. I think that the other thing you got to look at is one-tech defensive tackle. I think that if you watch the game against the Patriots, I think we're not surprised that losing both of your defensive tackles made the Buffalo Bills weak against the middle. But I think that if your options are you're clamoring for Eli Anku, I think that I was very, very pleased. And the fact that I was very, very pleased to see the Buffalo Bills bring back Eli Anku probably tells you what you need to know about the addition of a one-tech defensive tackle to this team because you cannot ask Tim Settle or Jordan Phillips to anchor against double teams consistently in the run game especially against a gap scheme, and really hold up. And so if there's a one-tech out there, I'll take it. I have scoured the, the, the trade targets and haven't found a lot that really pop out to me, 
but I'm going to continue to do so because that's an area of, of concern for me. Bruce, uh, really enjoyed our time this afternoon. Glad you uh, made it into the sports bar. Wanted to make sure you had some time to tell everybody where they can get more of the work that you're doing covering the Buffalo Bills. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. My show, The Bruce Exclusive, drops every Thursday on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network, and I do write as well for buffalorumblings.com. All right, so so one follow up question here, and I call it the Gus Ferrat rule in our show because one time you remember Gus Ferrat played quarterback, and well, you're gonna have yeah. Gus Ferrat on the show, and he was promoting a podcast. You got to ask him about headbutting the wall, right? And so in that contest, the only time I'm gonna ever ask it, how, how the, the Bruce, has has the real Bruce Nolan ever actually reached out to here, Bruce? The real Bruce Nolan has never actually reached out to me. No, I have never gotten a phone call from Jim Carrey asking me about. Uh, having a discussion about using one of his fictionalized characters. Uh, it was, I never really expected it to be something that would matter from all those years ago when I needed a username for a Buffalo Bills message board. And then here we are, years and years later. It's still the, the, uh, the identity has held up all this time. But no, no phone calls so far. Well, you make a lot of great points, Bruce. We appreciate your time and, and uh, your coverage of the team is, is fantastic. We'll uh, continue to check it out online and look forward to talking to you again real soon, bud. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. You got it. There he is. Bruce Nolan joining us in the sports bar. Sounded like he was mobile. We appreciate him carving out some time out of his day to stop by and share his thoughts on the Buffalo Bills. He was great. Smart guy. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of smart guys, Scott Reynolds, Peter Report. He's going to join us next. We'll get the Bucs side of things here as we continue to prepare for tomorrow night. Bills, Bucks here on the Fan Rochester pregame coverage. Tomorrow afternoon starts at 4 o'clock. We'll have Scott Reynolds on with us next here on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Epic victories, heartbreaking defeats. No matter your team, no matter your game, we talk sports. The fan, Rochester. Um, you know, enjoyed the time we spent with him, and uh, obviously went uh, first overall. Um, and and um, you know, he's had a great career in college, and and uh, you know, he plays with a lot of energy, and, and seems like a good leader. I've never obviously been on a team with him, but uh, seems like a good leader. Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott sharing a little love for Baker Mayfield. Is Baker Mayfield having a renaissance in Tampa Bay or is Baker Mayfield set to come back down to earth? Let's go to Tampa and let's talk to our buddy Scott Reynolds of the Pewter Report who joins us now in advance of tomorrow night's Thursday night game on Prime. Scott, always great having you here in the sports bar. Tell us a little bit about how the season has gone thus far with Baker Mayfield behind center. I think pretty much according to script, this is a transition year for the Buccaneers, right? Obviously, Tom Brady's retired, and uh, they brought in Baker Mayfield for a one-year look-see to see if he can resuscitate his career and be the face of a franchise again, or if he is destined to follow the likes of you know the Andy Daltons, the Jameis Winstons, the Marcus Mariotas, uh, where you're just kind of a career backup after getting you know a couple shots at at uh, being the starter. Mitch Trubisky also in that category. 
Um, you know, Baker's got off to a pretty good start. The team was three and one before the bye week. Then they faced uh, two pretty good teams back to back, especially stopping the run in the Detroit Lions and Atlanta Falcons. It's made Baker Mayfield have to throw the ball a little bit more to win. The Bucks have struggled to run the ball, so there's not much balance. And as a result, Baker Mayfield has an interception in each of his last four games. And we've seen a great performance by Baker Mayfield against the Saints, three touchdowns, leading them to a 26-9 win. Uh, we've seen a good Baker Mayfield first two weeks of the season, Minnesota, Chicago, those games. He had touchdown passes and no interceptions. But then we've seen kind of like average Baker the last couple of weeks where there have not been as many great plays as there are overthrows, underthrows, interceptions to offsets, um, you know, the, the, the misfires. And as a result, the Buccaneers just have not had enough firepower to, to win. So uh, the, one, the one Baker we haven't seen that the Bucs cannot afford to see tomorrow night is multiple interception Baker. They hope that guy stayed in Cleveland because if that happens, there's no chance for, for a Buccaneer win. Yeah, despite losing their last two, Scott, um, you know, only a half game out of first place, Tampa Bay. I mean, are yeah. the expectations raised there in Tampa? Because I look at that division like, why not the Buccaneers? Yeah, I think the division's still there for the taking. It came down to week 17 last year when the Bucks beat the Panthers and, uh, and, and then ultimately lost it in the last game of the season at Atlanta. They had a, a halftime lead, and their playoff position wasn't going to change. They decided to rest their starters. The Falcons came back to win. They finished 8-9, and nine, but they were probably a 9-8 and eight team. I think Tampa Bay is kind of the same 8-win, 9-win team this year, and uh, but with some new pieces in there and, and a new offense with Dave Canales that has gone through some growing pains. I, I think the NFC South is still one of the more downtrodden divisions in the league, and I wouldn't be surprised if 9-8 and eight wins the division this year. It might be Atlanta. It might be Tampa Bay. I think it's one of those two teams right now. The Falcons have the edge. The Bucks will probably have to go to Atlanta later in the year and steal a win to uh, to really kind of have a chance at at uh, reclaiming the division uh, title for a third straight year. But yeah, it's it's kind of a rough and tumble division. I think every every team's kind of in it except for the the Panthers. But um, I, I think I think Tampa Bay they, they have a chance at, at nine wins this year if if they can you know, get their offense to, to get the ball in the end zone. They struggle mightily in the red zone. Scott, uh, tell us a little bit about the health of the Bucks coming into this game. We know that Godwin uh, apparently is good to go. Vita Vea appears yeah. to be a game-time decision. I wanted to check in on the health of Mike Evans. I know he was dinged up earlier this year. Overall, how's Tampa Bay's health coming into tomorrow night? I think pretty good. The only player that they're really going to miss is Matt Filer, their starting left guard, but, you know, he has not really been playing that well to begin with, so I wouldn't be surprised if if the Buccaneers uh, actually get a little bit of more of an upgrade of the position with Aaron Stinney, as opposed to uh, Matt Filer is a younger player. Uh, he's in a contract year. He wants to, you know, he's a backup. I think he's going to come in and probably, probably play a little bit over uh, his, his ability just because this is maybe his one shot of getting some playing time this year. Uh, and, if, and if he plays well, maybe they make a change just because Filer has been a little, you know, average at best at, at left guard. Vita Bay is probably the biggest concern for the Buccaneers with that groin injury. He, he did not practice this week. It ran it's a short week. Uh, I think if the game were on Sunday, he would be more likely to play, but it will truly be a game-time decision, and they need him because they just got Kalaja Canty back a couple weeks ago, and that's a nice one-two punch inside, 
at defensive tackle for Tampa Bay. Both those guys, former first-round picks, Kalaji Kinsey, the rookie, has a sack and a half in just the last two games. And he missed a good chunk of the season with the cap injury that happened in training camp that caused him to miss the entire preseason. Vita Vea is still the leading sacker with three and a half sacks. So the Bucks' chances for winning improve if Vita Vea is playing. I'm going to go off the board here. Uh, just ask you about Sean Tucker, who played his uh, football down the yeah. uh, road here at Syracuse. How I mean, how is uh, his rookie year been going there? We saw him a little bit at the beginning, but uh, where he is right now in the depth chart, how has it been going for him? You know, I, for some reason, I can't put my finger on it. I've I've tried to ask some questions, and I'm not getting some really good answers. This team, for some reason, decides to put Keyshawn Vaughn, who's in a contract year, uh, former third-round pick who it really has done nothing in Tampa Bay in four years. I mean, just nothing. And if you look at him statistically this year, I think he's averaging 1.7, maybe 1.8 yards per carry. He's a tackle for loss waiting to happen. The Bucks can't run the ball very well to begin with. And this is a guy that doesn't have the speed or the burst to accelerate through the few holes that there are or break tackles and, and get yards after contact. So to me, every carry that he gets is a wasted down. In my opinion, I'd rather see Sean Tucker. Yeah, he's not lighting the world up. He has a 1.5-yard average, but it's a very small sample size. There's a lot of hype about this guy, and he earned the number two running back job by leading the Bucks with, with rushing yards in the preseason, but for some reason it's fallen out of favor. I don't know if it's pass protection issues because he is a rookie um, or what it is, but I'd like to see more of Sean Tucker or at least not give the ball to Sean Vaughn because – it's it's kind of a non-starter when he when he gets a carry. Scott, if you were uh, Ken Dorsey, how would you attack this Tampa Bay defense tomorrow night? Find Devin White and target him uh, in the passing game in the running game. Uh, Devin White has had a horrible game against the Atlanta Falcons, and, it, and it's a shame because this is a guy that that held out in the off season wanting a contract. Uh, he thinks he's worth Roquan Smith money. He's delusional. He is not that good of a linebacker. And I think the pro football focus grades are spot on. They, they kind of reflect that. He's an athlete playing football. He's not a very instinctive football player. And, uh, and you look at the guy next to him, the ageless wonder, Levante David, yeah. 13 tackles last week at age 33. Levante still getting it done, having a great season this year. Had a great game against the Lions the week before that. But here's the thing. The Atlanta Falcons ran the ball 38 times for 156 yards. And the middle linebacker of this team, Devin White, had five tackles. Uh, the strong safety behind him had 10. The cornerback, Jamel Dean, had 10. Of course, Levante, as I said, at 13. Something's wrong with this picture. You as the middle linebacker, should be making more than five tackles. And his play has been soft. So whether it is uh, targeting him in zone coverage, targeting him in man coverage or running the ball right at him, that's what I would do. I would go right at Devin White because he is really letting himself down in a contract year. Yeah, we're talking to uh, Scott Reynolds from the Pewter Report. I remember talking to you over the summer here, Scott, um, before we ask you you know, for your pick on the game tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Just just the future of quarterback here because, I mean, you have a deal here in Baker Mayfield if he ends up leading the playoffs one year $4 million, But I don't yeah. know, is that going to be the long-term play Do you? tag him are you you know in a draft that's full of quarterbacks are you going down that road i mean how do you see these options kind of playing out here for the front office who right now really it's up in the air who's going to be your quarterback in 2024 oh it really is i mean it's it's still way too early to make that determination you kind of feel good about baker 
through that three and one start when he had seven touchdowns, three interceptions, but now the, the touchdowns have kind of slowed down. The interceptions have remained steady at one in each of his last four games. So it's going to be really interesting to see. I think it's going to come down to three things. Number one, can he get the Bucks into the playoffs? That probably has to happen as, as a division winner, maybe with nine wins. I don't know, maybe, maybe nine and eight gets the Buccaneers into the playoffs as a wild card. If the Falcons are at 10 wins, it, it that was the case last year with, with the Seattle Seahawks getting in as the last wild card at nine and eight. So can he, can he get you in the playoffs? Number two, how many wins does he help you manufacture, right? Uh, is, is it nine? Is it 10? Uh, is it eight? And you just missed the playoffs, right? And then number three is, is the interceptions. That's what really got him run out of the Cleveland Browns organization. He's thrown more interceptions since entering the league in 2018 than anybody else. And while we have yet to see that multiple interception game, that meltdown game from Baker Mayfield, of course, the Bucks hope that stayed in Cleveland with that version of Baker Mayfield. Um, there has to be kind of a healthy touchdown interception ratio, I think, for Baker to really warrant that, you know, that kind of long-term commitment, kind of like what the Seahawks did with Geno Smith. So it, it, this is really going to probably come down to the wire for Baker Mayfield and, and see how he plays. And if he can get this team into the postseason, then, if you can get him a winning record, I think there's a, a long way to go before they make that determination. You're right. This is a very deep quarterback draft coming up. It's, it's a mega quarterback uh, draft, as a matter of fact. Trevor Sikkim up pro, from Pro Football Focus, one of my good friends, said there will be 20 quarterbacks drafted this Jeez. year. Probably 12 by the end of day two. That's, that's an astonishing number. There were 14 drafted altogether last year, most of them on day three. Hmm. So if you have 12 in the first three rounds, that's something. And no matter where Tampa Bay ends up picking, they're probably not going to get Caleb Williams or Drake May, but there's a chance they could get a pretty good quarterback in the middle of the first round if they end up picking there, or maybe even the second round. So um, even if Baker Mayfield just kind of gets them into the playoffs as a wild card team, nine wins, doesn't really go to the Pro Bowl or have that type of season, um, I wouldn't preclude this team from drafting another quarterback to throw into the mix with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield just to hedge their bets. It's a matchup between two teams that feel like their seasons have gone very similarly. They're they're both in the final if the season were to end today, which it doesn't. They would both be the last team in uh, in the AFC and in the NFC for the postseason. Scott, before we let you go, I want to make sure we get your prediction as far as which direction you're you're leaning here uh, for tomorrow night's action in Orchard Park. I think a lot of things have to go right for the Buccaneers to win. They've got to win the turnover margin and not three to two like they did last week. That wasn't good enough. They'd have to win the turnover margin, something like three, nothing like they did in Minnesota on the road in week one. And still that only allowed them to win by three points. That's how slim the margin of error is for this Buccaneer team, especially in offense where it's just hard to score points in the red zone. So for, for Tampa Bay to win, they have to be able to run the ball. Maybe there's some opportunities against the 23rd-ranked rushing defense. But for Tampa Bay to have a chance of winning, I, I think 110 yards on the ground, probably three takeaways, really forcing some big-time errors from Josh Allen, and, and then an offense that finally has to find the end zone. The, the, the good news for Tampa Bay, they scored 20 points and 26 points in their two road wins. They've really struggled to put touchdowns on the board at home where they're 1-3 and three this year. So, uh, maybe they've got a little bit of road mojo. I don't know. Uh, I don't see how I can pick the Buc the Buccaneers uh, just looking at this matchup on paper here. Everything seems to favor the Bills. They can score into the 20s. Josh Allen's better than Baker Mayfield. They have the home field advantage. 
I, I like Buffalo to win this game probably by eight or nine points. I think probably right around that eight and a half uh, line uh, sounds pretty good to me. Scott, you mentioned uh, the Bucks at home. We, we saw we saw something we haven't seen in a while. The creamsicles yeah. made their return against Detroit. Yeah. You didn't get the outcome <laughs> that you wanted. It was almost like the creamsicles were, you know, brought them back to 1976, and they played like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. Matter <laughs> of fact, Tampa Bay is now one in four in the throwback creamsicles. This is the fifth time since burying Bucko Bruce in 1996 and going with the red and pewter in the red flag uh, in 1997. The four, this is the fifth time that they've brought back those throwback jerseys. First time in about a, a decade. But uh, from 2009 to 2012, that first little throwback era, they were only one and three. So now they're one and four. And, uh, and yes, living up uh, to the... Living up to those those lovable losers in orange and white uh, from back in the day, Tampa Bay uh, does not fare well in the creamsicle jerseys. No, no, there's speculation because we've heard the, the the creamsicles coming back there for a long time, and in fact, it was supposed to be like a year ago. The speculation yeah, that 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 Tom Brady killed it is that true? <laughs> no, it, it wasn't Tom Brady. Actually, he wanted to play in the creamsicles really bad. He he loved the, the creamsicle jerseys. It was really a Nike issue that uh, Nike didn't have their act together in terms of, you know, that orange thread's hard to find, guys. <laughs> it's, it's a unique color, and to be able to get uh, all of those, uh, you know, those, those, the Nike product uh, for that, that game, um, it was a manufacturing issue with Nike. And, of course, you know, this was kind of coming off the heels of COVID, right, in 2022. Um, so they had some, some distribution and some manufacturing issues. It was a disappointment because – Last year was the first year that teams could wear some throwback alternate helmets, right? That was the helmet rule that nixed the, the throwback jerseys for the Buccaneers because they'd gone from white helmets to pewter helmets, right? So last year was the year that changed, and you did see Patriot Pete return, right, for, for the Patriots. And, uh, but you didn't see it for the Buccaneers because of that orange thread, apparently. Uh, Scott, you're always gracious to join us with your time here to join us in, in the sports bar, and you do a great job at Pewter Report, which is more, in my opinion, more than just uh, you know coverage of the box. Right. Tell us a little bit about Pewter Report and, and where we can get more of your work. Well, I tell you, even Bills fans will love us in the off season because we do a ton of draft profiles. Uh, it's skewed towards the Buccaneers, but if you want, you know, to uh, to hone in on on the draft and free agency, we do kind of cover the NFL a little bit more as a whole in the off season, that's on PeterReport.com. And we've got a couple bucks bills previews up there. So if you want to read it from our perspective, check out the, the previews on uh, PeterReport.com today and tomorrow. And then um, uh, also you can follow us on X and Facebook and Instagram at Peter report. Scott, uh, we'll be watching the game tomorrow night. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Got it. Scott Reynolds, Pewter Report, stopping by the sports bar to give us the Tampa Bay side of things before tomorrow's matchup. Does that make Bills fans a little more calmer, knowing that there is the Buccaneer writer that says this should be Buffalo's game? Should be, but I I go into this game thinking that these teams are kind of very, very similar in terms of you know what they might end up being by the end of the season. After, at the end of the regular season, I think both of these teams are kind of like what he's describing, 9-10 win teams. Yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers could end up as a four seed out there. Right. If they win that division, yeah. that division is, is it's been, it's pretty soft. Um, that was great, and I'm glad we were able to cram in both uh, Bill's perspective and a Bucks perspective here in the last 60 minutes. If you're just joining us, welcome into the Sports Bar. If you're listening in the Odyssey app, Rewind lets you go back and listen to any part of the show that you may have missed. 
for the next 72 hours. And we'll be sure to get all of our guest appearances and all of our shows up for you and online, on-demand, podcast form, wherever you get your shows. Just search out the Sports Bar, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the free-to-download Odyssey app. Happy Hour is upon us. We are super late, but it's worth it. We'll get to a round of shots coming up here in a little bit. And we have time for your calls if you want to join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. 866-4-FAN is that number. Award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. The new location, 135 West Commercial Street in ER. GoodSmokeBBQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 